So let me ask you, any beta installers out there? Uh, Dan Morin installed the beta. Hey, that's right. Things. It's me. Yeah. Dan Morin, beta <laughs> installer. <laughs> and to the stars. Private eye. Can I can I ask you a question? Can we talk about it? Is it it's okay to talk about? It? Yeah, fine. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so everybody does. That's the part that blows my mind. I had read something and I went back to try and find it on Twitter, but I couldn't. Um somebody was saying that there are instances where it seems like Big Sur is using the iPad cursor kind kind of interaction where if you go over something it sort of highlights. It does highlight, but it doesn't transform the cursor, I believe. Like not in the same way. It doesn't go into a it does not a circle. Right. Course, it's right? not like it does yeah. the morphing thing, but it's it's but, clearly but the element the element that you're hovering over. Yeah. Does gets like bigger and almost jiggles like jiggle mode that I didn't see, but I did see like, you know, <laughs> okay. change the color of the background. So it like looks like a okay. like there's a shaded button almost on some of the icons. Yeah. And right, it, clearly right. they're pulling inspiration from that. And there is there are people who are hypothesizing that at some point, you know, an iPad style cursor might be something that is in Mac OS, but probably right. not for Big Sur. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, you had kicked off a conversation following a conversation we had on this show on Twitter about what are the differences at some point between what makes it a Mac versus yeah, an iPad. Yeah. And the list is not that long, particularly if the keyboard if the if the cursor coalesces. The, yeah. But the the things that people point to at this point are like Unix underpinning access, which is basically terminal. Right. <laughs> ability to install whatever apps you want. Yeah. Ability to run Mac apps. And, yeah. And I, yeah. The, there's not much more to the list, broadly speaking. Well, after that. there was some, yeah, multiple window, like overlapping window things. Right. I mean, there's that's the thing. Is there's some a- trappings? Well, Apple script, Apple script, but that's yeah, Apple script for away. now. Although, you know, this is my question: is if you can run iOS apps, can you run shortcuts on the Mac? <laughs> because it's technically in the store, right? Because you can do that thing where right. you delete it and then reinstall it. It would just be a matter of whether or not right. Apple let you install it, and would only work with some apps. But mm-hmm. they could make a you know run automator or run Apple script action for it, and then run a run shortcut action for automator, and essentially just let you hand stuff back and forth between them. I, I think it points to the fact that like you know I think Jason Stell put it well when he said the Mac is kind of a superset of of you know the iPad at that point, right? Because it can do almost everything the yeah. iPad can do and more, and the only thing it's lacking is touch interface and of course there's been a ton of of like conspiracy theory stuff about that because if you look at the design yeah. it looks i i am on the fence you've about always this been on the fence where people are like <laughs> no but when people are posting these listen i think that i actually think that it, it is reasonable for max to have a touch interface that you know you can do everything without because sometimes you want to touch the screen and i think that's fine but when people are posting screenshots and like look at these icons they're clearly meant for touching i'm not seeing that <laughs> i'm seeing look at these icons they have a new design aesthetic i'm not well, seeing the, like the, clearly yeah. this is so you can touch the them. one that got me was the the menu bar items in in big sur are like weirdly wide spaced it just doesn't i don't understand why they chose to do that like i remember looking at it when it first loaded up like why does everything look like it's just totally miskerned up there and then i Mm -hmm. you know somebody pointed that out i was like actually that kind of makes sense and all the widgets in the control center look like they're things that you could interact with your finger i I got stuck now i'm I'm picturing a a beauty contest where you're crowning miskerned like that's all my brain heard (laughs) so i got and the sash is just like letters in like weird spacing But I don't know. I mean, I think there's a strong argument. I think the bigger argument for the touch on on the Mac 
is you're going to bring over all these iOS apps and you're going to expect people to use them all with keyboard and mouse. Like they may be usable, but it may not be a good experience in a lot of cases, especially games or things where I think about like right. not a lot of games. They're just not going to translate. And I'm not. Yeah, I think I think that what you said, Lex, is exactly right. It's like this is a device where keyboard and and cursor are primary, but there's also touch. Much like on the iPad, touch is primary, but there's also a keyboard and cursor, right? Like, essentially, you can have either on either platform. It's just which one it's primarily designed for. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if that's something they would do, but it, it does seem increasingly like, why not? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot going on, a lot going around about that. Um, the thing I was going to... Something about iPad. Eh, I lost it. Dan, I can stall for you while you think about it, because we're not going to go deep on this right now. We've got other business we have to take care of later, but I just, if you're a rebound super fan. We're going right in. I, I, well, I'm giving you time to no, think. I think I like, I this, is my, this is my window. Prime.reboundcast.com. What, what, That's what? prime.reboundcast.com. What is this? What are, what are you talking about? <laughs> Listen, if you're a rebound Prime member, Dan. What? Every day is Prime Day. Yeah. <gasps> uh, Can you imagine such a thing? No. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, because, because I've been in the Rebound Prime beta, yes, I can imagine it, and it's wonderful. <laughs> if nothing else, go to prime.reboundcast.com right now just to check out our incredibly delightful copy there. Uh, we don't know everything that Rebound Prime will include. It's five bucks a month. It goes to us. We deserve it. You can pay $50 a year instead if you prefer. But you'll get bootleg versions of this show so you can have them faster before Dan's edited it. Apparently, all he misses is the jokes <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> we'll give you access to a monthly non-podcast live stream, like we'll all play Jackbox games or have Dan kick our ass in Mario Kart again. You can already, right now, submit questions to us for an occasional Ask the Hosts segment at prime.reboundcast.com if you become a Prime member. We will not answer questions from any other source, I think it's clear to say. That's right. Mm-hmm. But check it out. Uh, we're still figuring out some things. We're still figuring out how all the, the, the premium RSS feeds work and all that. But we've got Jason Snell advising us on a free consultancy basis. But check it out just if you're that kind of person, prime.reboundcast.com. Dan, did you think about what you wanted to say about the iPad? It wasn't about the iPad, but I did remember. Thank you. It was, you know, like orthogonal to that, which was the we were talking about. Can we talk about this stuff? And of course, the one of the things that happened this week was uh, immediately after somebody got their developer kit of the Silicon uh, Apple Silicon Mac, uh, they posted benchmarks of it, despite yeah. the fact that that was a clearly spelled out violation, which right. Apple, you kind of feel like Apple had to know that that was going to happen. That someone was going to do it. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like in some way, and, and the thing is, it's not even bad for them, really, because what they showed was... This thing is like super capable and more to the point, the, the benchmarking tools are still written for Intel. So it was, that's the thing. It's the emulation, right? And like the emulation under emulation, it was almost kicking the ass of like several Macs that were, you know, fairly recent. So I I think, you know, I, Apple, I think Apple Insider had posted a whole thing and it got pulled of like a video, look at the whole shebang. And that was, that was beyond the pale. Um, I do think it's it's odd the way Apple does and doesn't enforce its NDAs on these things because I think that like they clearly don't mind that Federico Vitici will on on his lovely site Mac Stories they will post like all kinds of screenshots and analysis of all the things that you can only see if you're in the beta 
they they you know federico was in an apple press release about music uh last week which was incredible i'm not even sure there is an nda in the betas anymore like or not certainly not a a one that they're there still is one they just don't enforce it yeah they don't (laughs) fair so fair i don't blame developers for being like oh i could probably post these benchmarks too because like they're picking and choosing and i get it i do think there is a line and it's different but like I think because they're doing these public betas so quickly, they're like, well, whatever. Cat's, cat's out of the bag first week of July when this thing comes out. Sure, regardless, right, so who cares? Right. Which I get. I have a hard time hungrily devouring the stories, though, that are like, look at all the new icons, or here's how this new thing works, because like, I want to wait till it's a little bit further baked. I don't want to get excited on stuff too soon. Yeah. yeah. Well, and a lot of people are complaining about the icons, right? Yeah. And, and admittedly, some of them do not look great, but it's it's still early. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. They, uh, on the Big Sur side, I don't find it something that bothers me that much. It, it looks so close to the iPad that it's just kind of like shrugging and being like, all right, I guess it's now more iPad-like. I mean, I have not found it particularly distracting, but that's never like, you know, icon, sorry, icon design has never been something I got worked up about one way or the other. Yeah. For me, you know, I've been using, the big, the biggest problem I have with Big Sur right now is I can't can't launch mail just crashes um but that as i've said oh, that sounds like a gift that's a that's a feature that's a feature yeah <laughs> I, I filed a feedback about it like with my crash logs and like oh maybe they'll figure it out or maybe it's just because i have like ninety-five thousand <laughs> messages in my mailbox and i shouldn't who knows all of them from me yep, they're all from like <laughs> me and publishers wishing they could get your next book oh no i need to be able to mm-hmm. launch mail no but i mean i updated my air and i updated my ipad because those are devices that i don't feel like are super critical of something goes wrong my imac i will not update until the final is out just because that one needs to be available for production i'll probably put my phone when the public beta comes out honestly the ipad has been pretty solid like there's weird like bugs and stuff like that but there's not like anything that's regularly impeding me trying to do something there's just weird glitches every once in a while but it's it's pretty it's pretty good honestly as betas go i've seen you know that it's pretty solid you should update it, was what I'm saying. You should just do it. When, do when it the right public now. betas come out, I'm doing it. I'll, I'll, I'll do the public betas, especially because, like... Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I got plenty of devices here. I'll do the public betas. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll, listen, I'll do it on my carry phone when it's a public beta, because what's the worst-case scenario? Oh, no, my battery is dying sooner, or yeah. my phone isn't working well, I'm as in well. The house. in this yeah. house, I never yep. leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, it is the ideal time. Yeah, and and there's a Watch OS beta, public beta for the first time this year. So uh, for me, I by the way, I, I, I'm washing my hands a lot. Is I all have I'm a saying. point of order on this on this <laughs> Apple Watch situation because first of all, I, I something weird has been happening with my watch, and I didn't know what it was. Where every time I I looked at it, but the red unread status dot thing um, would blink yellow for a second. I couldn't figure it out, and finally I screenshot it so I could look more closely and realized it was a walkie-talkie icon. Because on this show we talked about how nobody talks about the walkie-talkie feature <laughs> nobody uses it anymore. I, and you, Dan said you guys are never available. I have it turned on. I have sent invites to the two different Dan oh, Moore yeah. addresses in my it doesn't watch. Work. He's never accepted them. <laughs> So he's, I haven't even tried Moltz because Moltz does not want to talk to me. Yeah, oh, I think that's what happened to me, too. I sent invitations to people who never replied, possibly never got them. I mean, so I think, yeah, I mean, does it actually work? Oh, boy. Hi, Lex. How's it going? <laughs> it, man, that worked instantly. That, I heard that simultaneous. That was like in stereo. That's pretty cool, actually. Maybe they finally fixed it, but lot. everybody had given up on it already. <laughs> 
<laughs> just now. Well, Dan, now. I'm going to do that to you all the time. I can't believe I don't even have to accept it. It just lets it come through. You can just broadcast noise that's, wherever that's I am, whatever I'm doing. bananas and really dangerous. That is fantastic. I tried now, to use it the other night for my wife because I was in the basement and I was like, oh, I need to ask her a question. And then I realized she doesn't have it turned on. So I just yelled through the floor. <laughs> she has turned on as you did. Wow, that was <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> but some people might think that you accepting my walkie-talkie request is the biggest news of the show some people might think that rebound prime at mm, prime.reboundcast.com mm-hmm. is the biggest news of the show but in fact potentially some of the biggest news of this episode <gasps> oh, no. is the return of our old friends at indochino having clothes that fit just right can be a huge confidence booster you can hear the confidence in my bo- in my voice right now but finding clothes that fit can be tricky especially if you feel like you're in between sizes. So when you find a piece that fits just right, it feels good. Indochino was created on the belief that custom clothing shouldn't cost a fortune. And it's so convenient having clothes that fit perfectly, especially when it's more affordable than you might expect. Dan's been to a showroom. I did all of my uh, Indochino suit buying online. We both got custom suits made, and we both wore our custom suits to the same wedding, specifically Dan's wedding. And uh, the reality is this. You wear a suit that's made to fit your body, you're going to look fantastic. With Indochino, you can get made-to-measure clothing at a fair price, including suits, blazers, shirts, and coats, and you get to customize everything. From the fabric and lining to the lapel shape and the monogram, the choice is all yours. And if you're like me and Dan and your name is just three letters long, you could get that as your monogram. No no one can stop you. They can't stop you. It doesn't matter if it's not your initials. Your clothing is then made to your exact measurements so it fits you perfectly. Indochino suits start at just $299, all customizations included. They've got showrooms across North America, or you can book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. Right now, get an extra $30 off any purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Rebound at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code Rebound. Our thanks to Indochino for their support of the Rebound, period. (laughs) Big news. Big news. That's what's up. Big day. Yep. Did you guys ever read New York Times stories in Apple News? (laughs) (laughs) I never read anything in Apple News. I have Apple News push alerts turned on, and it eventually, over time, learned. It still thinks that I want every Wired story ever published to give me an alert for some reason, but it knew that I liked New York Times stories, so that was when I saw them, and now I won't. I actually, I actually, I lied. I do, I read, um, I've read some National Geographic stuff and stuff from the Washington Post, which I subscribe to, so I stand corrected. I corrected myself. Mm. Mm. well okay some immediate some immediate f you for me i yeah i get the post alerts through the apple news app but that's it i don't really read anything else in there and the new york times apparently only let them have certain articles anyways so right, right. they didn't do subscription through there right, right. and this wasn't so even can, yeah. the apple news plus thing right like this was just free right. articles and i don't know i i think to me it indicates that not even apple can save this the state of journalism but it's also i mean you know, to the point of uh, what they said was, or I think it wasn't that, it was the Gruber's, whatever post Gruber linked to where he had the analysis of it. And they pointed out, like, the Times is actually doing pretty well in the pandemic because a lot of people have, have you know, decided they need to sign up and read the news. So removing yeah. them from their direct connection with customers was just increasingly not going to fly. So, yeah, I can't, I can't really blame them for pulling out. It didn't seem like it was getting them much. And from what I've heard on other places, it's kind of a pain at times to get your stuff to work right with Apple News. At New York Times. But that's, I think that's just it. Like, it's very easy to see what's in it for Apple. It's harder to see what's in it for publishers to yeah. participate in Apple News right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are things it could be, right? Like, if it really did find a way to 
essentially you know provide them money but like it drove a lot of traffic but no additional money for the most part so yeah that's it's just just a big loss so and honestly not, yeah. if if this if if right now and i don't mean this as a criticism anyway because i know that it's hard maybe even maybe impossible but if right now in this moment at this time in 2020 news can't figure out how to thrive <laughs> that's dangerous right because I, <laughs> I i know firsthand news podcasts exploded when when everybody got stuck at home you know podcast listening overall dropped it slowly uh if you'll forgive the pun rebounded over time but i will not <laughs> good you shouldn't but news podcasts suffered no hit they only grew because people were like what the hell is going on <laughs> uh, uh tangentially related uh there's an msnbc anchor i believe his name is chris hayes who has a podcast called why is this happening which he refers to as W-I-T-H. And every time I see it in my Twitter newsfeed, I read it as what in the hell, which I think would also be a fine name for his show. <laughs> but but news podcasts exploded. And obviously, the New York Times is a huge podcasting business, as do many other news publications at this point. But like, I, I can't begrudge them at all saying we want to have a direct relationship with our customers and we want to maximize how we can monetize every interaction with our customers that we can. Like sure. it's, yeah. They have to do that. Yeah. Uh, let me just remind you about Rebound Prime coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, coming down. Oh, right. no, it's here. <laughs> at the New York Times about Rebound Prime. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah. So another news I saw this week, the, the, the rumor that there will be no charger in the iPhone box this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Th- at this point, it sounds like there's an iPhone and a, and a cable of some variety. <laughs> Might be a random one in each box. Who knows? That's about it. <laughs> I hope I get a. I hope I get a SCSI cable. <laughs> but I mean, the charger's not cheap either. Is the thing like if it's one of the newer chargers, like the ones that came with um, the new newer iPad? I can't remember which ones now had the USB. Yep, the iPad Pro comes with the USB C brick. Right, right. Yes. So like you know, those are not cheap either, right? And I think that there is. A, they're like 30 bucks or something right yeah yeah and yeah. i can see why it saves apple money and why they can make their packages smaller and ship more of them and all that again good for apple i don't see what's so great for people though i mean do you remember that the first so it's like 13 years yesterday as we record this was the original iphone launch and yeah. do you remember how much shit came in that box <laughs> yeah you got a you got a stand you got a dock yeah there was a dock you got a dock with there that was a, yeah there was a chamois i do not remember that there was like a Those little chamois that you got for like like wiping your screen off too like right. that was a right. thing and if memory serves one box had uh steve jobs inside it was just one but like they, it was like a golden ticket <laughs> that scenario. wasn't until 2011 <laughs> oh terrible oh <laughs> wow that's the stuff that may or may not make it into the final episode, but will definitely be in the bootleg rebound prime. <laughs> Dan, I think you should actually censor that joke so people have to go prime to hear it. Like you yeah, I think that time. would be. Uh, <sighs> and then they'll immediately regret it. <laughs> what if you pay us to not make those jokes in the first place? Is that a thing you could do? We actually do have one more paid ad that I want to mention. <laughs> Maybe that's one what of we, our favorite. That's what we should do. A more heavily edited version. <laughs> Yeah, it's only 20 minutes if you pay. But uh, speaking of great services that support the rebound, I just want to also mention Legacy Box, the super simple mail-in service that digitally preserves all your home movies and pictures on a thumb drive, a DVD, or the cloud. You guys know. You guys know Legacy Box. That was my group of reference. Like a lot of families, you might have boxes of old videotapes and photos collecting dust in your closet or attic. And you might have been meaning to rescue your recorded memories, but maybe you haven't had the time or known where to start. 
this is where Legacy Box and uh, stay-at-home orders can help. Both, again, Dan and I just do every advertiser that shows up on this show, but Dan and I did the Legacy <laughs> Box experience. I digitized tons of summer camp memories, wedding photos that we just had the proofs of or whatever else. And getting all those things back digitally, it means that they're like every other memory you have like since the early, since 20 years ago when the first iPhone came out. Like you have all those things. How many years ago was it? 14? 13. <laughs> I don't listen to the show, but the I'm a Prime member. But so the but when you get all those things and they now your your analog memories are digital the way all your other past decade plus of memories are, it's pretty fantastic. You can do it too. Just pack and send your items and their team will digitize everything by hand and you'll get back perfectly preserved digital copies on thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. And you get regular email updates throughout the process. We received your package. We've started digitizing. We've sent it back to you. Legacy Box has helped over eight hundred and fifty thousand families digitally preserve their past. Get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the family and begin the trip down memory lane. Plus, for a limited time, take 50% off Legacy Box with their Cyber Summer Sale in July. Get started for just $34.99. Order today to lock in this incredible offer. Send it in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com rebound and save 50% while supplies last. Our thanks to Legacy Box for their support of this show. As I always say, it's Legacy or let it be. <laughs> I was going to go with it's Legacy Box or you're out of socks. <laughs> also good? Why? Why? <laughs> Not really. Why are we still here? I don't know. So uh, TikTok apparently uh, spying on every single possible clipboard uh, that could possibly yeah. be around. Uh, which Yeah, that was, a, that was a trip. I think that was first. So yeah, I mean, um, I think a number of these things have come out since people have been testing iOS 14, right? Yeah, I've seen one on um, TweetBot, actually, when I have a screenshot. Um, this, I think, makes sense. It's like when there's like you're going to put a photo in. It checks the clipboard from photos to see if you've got something to paste, because I assume it has to do some sort of prep before you're pasting a picture as opposed to text. But it is super annoying because you're like, I'm like typing. And every time I hit a keystroke on the keyboard, it's like shows the little notifications like, oh, we grabbed the we grabbed the screenshot thing. We grabbed the screenshot thing. And I was like, OK, mm-hmm. chill out. But TikTok is being really egregious about it. I think TikTok is being egregious. I think TikTok is not a company you should trust. That said, I did think it was interesting to watch people like this outpouring of what's going on here when people were using beta software, a beta OS that apps hadn't been prepared for because it could also mean something else. Like I, I have not tried the beta OS, but I know Fantastical checks my cal- my clipboard every time I launch it in case there's an event on the clipboard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like apps are doing this and they want to check it more than once because they don't know when your clipboard could change. And like, it's not necessarily horrible. That's it. TikTok right. is horrible. And you right. Should not be yeah. There. I mean, I, it, <laughs> it is, it is in the case of TikTok, but yes. not necessarily. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's quite, well, like you said, the apps might have to be adapted. I mean, I don't know what the API situation for that is. And if there's like another way that they can now, you know, pull the clipboard to see if it's updated without having to grab the contents or something like that. You know, I think we often see these situations where Apple implements a privacy control uh, alongside or before implementing sort of a better or more private way of doing kind of the same thing. So, you know, there's a bunch of new stuff in in iOS 14. Like, for example, it now checks for um, when an app wants to access the local network and like look for devices or something. So if you've got YouTube app and it's trying to like, oh, you want to put something to a Chromecast, like, yeah, it needs to be able to find the Chromecast. That's legit. But like, there are definitely apps that ask for network access and you're like, why does this need network access? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, the the transparency of it is good. I think in the long run, it's I'd rather know that these apps are grabbing my clipboard, um, even if it's a little yeah. annoying, than than not be aware of it at all. Do either of you use TikTok? No, I don't understand no. it. 
I believe I have a TikTok account, but I don't use it. I have been, I mean, every, every once in a while I see something that is absolutely hilarious that's pulled from TikTok and I think, oh boy, it would be fun to be able, be able to watch this stuff, but hell if I'm going to put it on my main phone. So I've actually thought about just like putting on a different device. Ah, your dedicated TikTok phone. And, and, and literally having a dedicated TikTok device. Oh, day, you need a TikTok phone, a day phone, night phone. You need three phones mm-hmm. now. Well. Three whole phones. Guess what, Dan? <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Well, I have two. I at least have two. I still have my old SE. So, mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, all right. And, you know, by the end of the year, I may have another one. <laughs> that's that's good news. You, <laughs> you can carry them each individually all the time. <laughs> there was a uh, there was also a post today from AnyList talking about why they are not implementing sign in with Apple. Mm-hmm. I started reading it and I found it tough to read. I'm not saying they wrote it poorly. I might have just not been in a good headspace for it. But why are they not implementing sign? I saw that they said the documentation wasn't good. But what, what else yeah. was the problem? So they have some issues. No documentation is yeah. good. <laughs> so funny. I wrote a piece about this in Six Colors and got an email from the guy who wrote the blog post. <laughs> he disagreed with some of my interpretations of things, but he was not a jerk about it. So that was good. <laughs> they, they had a number. I mean, you know, they had a bunch of different criticisms. Some of it is there's, for example... There's no good way if you're a cross-platform app to implement it on other non-Apple platforms, which is uh, potentially a problem. That's interesting. Yeah. There was a big security vulnerability a, a few weeks back, uh, which has been since pa- patched. We talked about that on this very show. But, you know, his point was it's untested, um, or at least it perhaps needs more testing as opposed to some of these systems which have been around for a long time. And I think, you know, in the case of any list, I think it's fair to say... It's just not, it's not the right solution for them. And that's fine. And, and part yeah. of their point is also the customer service angle, right? Like, so if you're in an app, and, and I'm sure there are ways to de- design around this, but I'm sure it's also work, right? Like if you're in an app where you like any list, you want to share uh, a list with someone else and you need to find a way to be like, oh yes, well, we'll just, you know, normally we just use your email, right? Send an email to someone, invite them to the list. And it's like, well, if you're using the obfuscated email thing, you might not know what that email is and we have to find a way to figure out who is your friend and how do you invite them to the service so that's more challenging likewise if people use the iCloud because that's what it's tied into the sign in with Apple is tied into your iCloud for example some people have that as like an account that is not their primary account and they don't check it and they send support emails or they log in and forget their password and they don't know what email it's associated with it's like all right all these things are fair again I imagine there I was are buying ways everything to... up until that last one. That last one, I, I think, is on the user. <laughs> but the other ones... Yeah, I oh, I agree. I mean, and it, it, for me, I, my iCloud is my primary, so it's not an issue. I hadn't thought about the friend network thing. And, like, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I can guess how Moltz does. But the... And I don't mean that as a, a slam. But, like, when an app prompts you and says, hey, do you want to share your address book so we can find your friends? I'm guessing that Moltz says no. And I know that I typically yes. say yes. Yes. Okay. I, Actually, 100%. Oh, I mean... I cannot think of a, I mean, maybe I did it with, you know, like Fantastical or something where, you know, you, it desperately needs that kind of information in order to function fully. Um, And I, you know, have some level of trust for the vendor, but almost always I say no. I watched a WWC session that touched on this very issue. And I thought the solution that they had in there was actually really cool, which is, so they said there's kind of like a, be- a good, better, best situation, right? Like you go into an app and it's like, you want to send an invite to a friend, you know, tap in the field and it's like, oh, we want access to your contacts. And you can say, okay, but then they have access to all your contacts, right? Which is not great. So the better solution to that is instead using the API where it's like, it just brings up a contact picker, right? Like a sheet that comes up that looks like the contacts app. You tap on the you know name of the person you want to invite. It doesn't get access to all your contacts. It just like, 
gets that one email and then sends mm-hmm. the invite. But the better thing, the even better thing that they can do now is implement autofill. So you start typing, like if I was going to email Lex as like the contact, I would type L and that little bar where it shows up like password suggestion and stuff like that, it would yep. show, it would detect autofill your name. And then you just tap that. And because that's all the system, it doesn't get anything. It just gets essentially what comes out of the autofill right there. Right. Yeah, but that doesn't solve the problem I think that, that apps would have with signing with Apple. Right. You don't know the, the email. You're screwed. Right. Yeah. Well, no, no, because yeah, what I'm saying is like, I do appreciate that feature where it's like, hey, we can find your other friends who are using the service. And I don't think Apple, sign in with Apple, has any approach. Yeah, I, I don't know that. how you would do that. You'd and have I to generate some sort of like yeah. unique identifier or something that would yep. not tie to the email. And like, again, I think you could probably figure out a way around this, but it's not easy. And Apple is, the way that Apple is implementing the privacy stuff it's kind of designed to not make that easy. And so you would have to have a way around it, like where, it, again, where it generates some sort of identifier. Um, but like, that's not something that's, it's something that's unique, but it's not something that ties you to that. And I don't know how you deal with that. It's honestly, yeah. it is a challenge. I mean, speaking of Apple and friends, Gruber and Marquez both got Federighi. A lot of Apple execs have gone on podcasts. Uh, Moltz, when are you getting a Schiller? When is Schiller coming out of the <laughs> That was, that was the kind of like evil villain he's laugh. Here, he's that, here right now. That's he exactly what it was. That's he's, the kind of evil laugh where he's like, he's been here all along. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's here every episode. He just doesn't say anything. <laughs> I wondered why there was an extra person on the Skype call. He's played by Teller. <laughs> so um, I read that post and they, they are removing, can they, they, so they can get around this by removing just like the yes, Facebook Because as long as you don't offer, you have to offer sign in with Apple if you're offering another third party right. login service. But you can you can still roll your own yeah. and not yeah. offer sign Absolutely. in with Apple. And, and that I think yeah. is the right solution for them, especially because they point out like, look, implementing the Facebook thing was kind of an experiment. It wasn't great. And we have to deal yeah. with the fact that they keep trying to snoop on stuff every single time they update right. the API. So we're just right. throwing that out. And I was like, that, that sounds like the right answer for any list, right? Like, yeah. it, there are plenty of other services yeah. where I don't give a shit about like whether or not... I, you know, you can find my friends or whatever, because that's not what I'm there for. And so those cases, I'm happy to just give you a throwaway email address. But there are a lot of cases where it's like, I want to be able to know what my, what my login is, because if I need to access this in some other fashion, it's a lot easier than remembering some long string of random numbers and letters. Right. Mentioning Facebook, I'm, I'm jaded and I work in advertising. So I'm curious, like as citizens, nice to meet you, jaded. What is your take on when an advertiser says, as many have recently, hey, we're leaving Facebook, some of them for a month, which means nothing, I think. Right. Uh, and some of yeah. them for a year or longer. Uh, how does, like, do you like those companies more? Do you respect them for doing so? Do you take it, like, are you jaded on their abandoning Facebook or what? And I'm, I'm genuinely asking. I don't know how to feel about it. Well, for the, yeah, I mean, for the ones that have basically said, yeah, we're leaving for, for a month is ridiculous. I mean, who cares? That's you're going for deal. a PR bump there, it feels like. Exactly. That's basically it. Yeah. You're, you're just like, we're going to wait until this blows over is what, we, what you're saying. So n- n- they don't get any credit. Um, but I mean, for ones who are, are legitimately leaving for good and I, I, yeah, sure. I mean, that makes me feel better about them. It's the only way that Facebook is ever going to change its right. behavior, right? Like it's, it's right. got to hit them in the wallet. And this is the only thing that. This is the only thing they care about money-wise is advertising because that's what their platform is driving towards. <laughs> the only so, thing they care about money-wise is money. <laughs> that turns out. But yes, you heard exactly. it here first. <laughs> uh, no, I, that's, I think I agree too. The ones who are doing it for a month, it's such a tiny percentage of nothing. But like, you know, I was seeing these headlines where it was like, you know, their 13th biggest advertiser, their 42nd biggest advertiser, and even any one of those advertisers is like, 
a fraction of a percent of their total revenue. Sure. But yeah. when it's lots of big names and it becomes a little bit of a drumbeat, I think that is meaningful. But yeah, the, the people doing it for a month, I don't get. What I wish they would say is, hey, we're leaving for a year. And that sucks because it's good for us for advertising. Because you have to imagine some people pulling advertising like, yeah, we don't even know if it's working. Because <laughs> right, if it's really right. working, it's, you're hard-pressed to imagine that most companies, not all, but most would pull their money even if they felt like some objections to how things were go- done over there. I don't know. Right. I mean, you know, essentially, I, what you need them to say is we're leaving until, you know, changes are made, right? Yeah, like, exactly. We, we, it right. Doesn't, yeah. Putting a time limit on it is stupid, right? Because it's like, well, no, it's one way or another, stupid. we're back in a year. And it's like... Right. Well, they have enough. They're going to be okay, guys. They're going to weather that storm for the next year. They've got billions of dollars. It's not a problem. But yeah, I I just, it's tough because I think it's those companies are far more, the companies pulling the advertising are clearly more susceptible to the, you know, essentially their customers being upset about these things than Facebook is, right? And that's, it makes sense, right? Because all those companies, it, it goes back to who are your customers, right? These companies who are pulling the advertising their customers are people who are upset about the thing that Facebook's doing. Facebook's customers are the advertisers who are pulling their advertising, right? They don't give a shit what people think because you're not giving them any money. That's all yeah. right. I can't argue any of that. Damn Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't. Eh, he's not. Um, what was I going to... Oh, wait, I had one more thing. Do you want us to vamp? Rebound Prime coming now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's a story about Apple Arcade out. Um, they're kind of retooling the games that they offer, I guess, because uh, they've had a lot of people, <laughs> I guess, not renewing their subscriptions. So, yeah, which is not surprising. I think some of it is just the current climate, because I have well, not. You think I, people would be playing more games? I don't, I don't know. know. I have not played that many games, honestly. Like, and I had already dropped my Apple Arcade subscription, but it, just in general, like. Even now, I just don't have... There haven't been that many games that have attracted my attention on the mobile side. Mm-hmm. So even games I thought I was looking forward to, I like played for a little bit and was like, nah, I'm not just not feeling it. And so I don't know if it's yeah. just right now or if it's that, I don't know, the games aren't as appealing. I don't... I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... And I every once in a while, I find a good Apple Arcade game, but I the ones that I've tried... I've also tried a whole bunch that I was not very impressed with. So that made me sort of think like, oh, well, I mean, I still haven't canceled subscription because, I, you know, <laughs> because I'm donating money to Apple. <laughs> they need it. It depends. Yeah, I, right. I'm very concerned. I, you know, I keep hoping that there's going to be one, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, it's the discovery process. That's not that great. But um, I feel like I have, tr- I have tried to find some gold in there and I have not been able to recently. Have you tried panning? I, well, <laughs> I do shake my phone back and He's forth. He's panned many of the games. He said they weren't engaging. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the that Bloomberg, I hadn't seen that until you mentioned it, Maltz, but that Bloomberg story is like, they want games that are like extra engaging, which of course they do. They want games that you want to stick with right. for a long time. My biggest issue with Apple Arcade was that I didn't play those games more than I played other games. And I just, right. and I only right. like fell in love with two or three. And I was like, yeah, I just cancel it. And my kids were mad to lose what the golf. And then I got it for the Switch and nobody plays it. <laughs> But, yeah right <laughs> yeah i mean novelty is a big thing with games too right especially with mobile yeah. games it's like oh a new game that came out and like you play it obsessively for like a week yeah. or two and then it's like nah, i'm kind of done with it right and that I that's don't think, yeah, and i don't think hank is playing any of the games on apple arcade at this point yeah. so yeah i i and i but I, that's you know, it i'm canceling it when this when this podcast is over you cancel it now it's fine we'll wait <laughs> uh but i because i'm not lex 
<laughs> no multitask while we're on the call. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, the type of games that they want that are like, the, they, I mean, even the name of the game that you, they cited was Grindstone. It's like, that sounds so unappealing to me. I don't even know what that game is, and I don't want, like... <laughs> That's not a fun. I want games that feel like work. That's my yeah, it's exactly. It's a exactly. game where you work really hard. I play and en- I've played enough games that feel like oh god, I have to go on and log into this game today to do this thing. Otherwise, all my progress. Lost. We're looking at you, Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gave up on Animal. But Crossing. I'm not playing you because I won't. Yeah. Oh, my wife had played it obsessively for With a little while and then she stopped. So, is that a game? I mean, do you are you supposed to go in there every day? Kind of, yeah. if you don't they shame you a little bit i think it does you don't lose anything but like they're like where have you been yeah okay it's a game that like it's totally uh, built around this idea of like kind of self-directed work right like you you need to go in because oh i want to get right. this stuff and the stuff is only available today and i want to grab these resources yeah yeah and i guess like, that's true yeah they make they yeah. make a lot of there's a lot of time sensitive it, things it's designed that. as a grind but there's also because there's no story to it i always feel like what's the point like what am i working toward designed as a grind yeah. is a great the metaphor for life and this podcast yeah exactly that's the yeah it's that's the whole that's the point maybe you figured it out okay can i stop now you won <laughs> <laughs> Yay, I won at Animal Crossing! (laughs) Rebound Prime! (laughs) Rebound Prime! Rebound Prime. I'm going to keep saying it.